to my Fashion Stories Box podcast, a podcast about stories in fashion history. I'm Catherine, and I'm so glad to welcome you here. Let's discover together interesting facts about fashion and history, and fashion history. Do you have a strapped t-shirt or sweat in your wardrobe? I have plenty of them, even dresses. And each time I head for shopping or window shopping, I always feel attracted by strapped pattern. In Russia, I even went to some army surpluses to buy a real Russian Navy strapped t-shirt. I bought one in St. Petersburg for the link with the Russian Revolution, which started there. And another one in Vladivostok, where you have a Russian Navy base. And I was wearing them all the time. Strapped pattern and t-shirt are intimately linked with being French and a certain French fashion sense. At some point, if you are French, people expect you to wear a Breton striped top and a beret, and not to forget red lipstick if you're a woman. For our today's podcast, I decided to understand the fascination we have towards stripes, the history of the marinière or Breton sweat, how it became linked with a French consciousness, and how it entered the fashion world and became a basic and timeless fashion item. But first, let's start with a definition attempt of the striped top. In French, we commonly refer to it as la marinière, linking it with the marine and navy world. You can also find tricoreillé, striped knitted top. In English, words to describe this top are various. The striped sweater, the Breton sweat, or the Breton shirt, and so on. If we look at its basic characteristics, a marinière is a cotton long-sleeved shirt with horizontal blue and white stripes. Well, how did this marinière appear first? Well, following a decree published in the official bulletin of the French Navy on March the 27th, 1858 by Admiral Hamelin, Minister of Marine under Napoleon III, a blue and white marinière was introduced as part of the official French Navy uniforms. Before that day, regulations regarding naval uniforms were only applicable for officers. If you were a mere sailor with no distinctions, you would serve on board wearing your own clothes. After 1858, this changed. The striped top has to be worn by the crew and quartermasters, but not by the officers. They had their more prestigious uniforms. The way the sweater should look like and the quantity of stripes were reglemented. According to the decree, the body shall have 21 white stripes, each twice as wide as the 20 to 21 navy blue stripes. The navy blue stripes should measure 10 mm wide and spaced 20 mm apart. Stripes should be featured on the front and back of the top. The sleeves should have 14 navy blue stripes also spaced 20 mm apart. To stay with the sleeves, they were 3 fourths length sleeves and they shouldn't be longer than the sleeves of the other jackets sailors wore on the top of the top. Here, 
you might have some questions. At least, I was asking myself some questions. First, why stripes were favored as a pattern for the navy uniform? And second, why 20 white and 20 navy blue stripes? Let's answer the first question. Why stripes? Well, for visuality purposes. When a man would fall from board, him wearing a striped pattern outfit would make it easier to spot it on the sea. Just to attest for yourself next time you would sit on a terrace, for example, and try to spot from as far as possible the patterns of people's clothing. You might notice that striped patterns are easier to identify than plain colored outfits, for example. And what about the quantity of stripes on the sweat? Well, the rumors have it that the stripes number represented each victory Napoleon Bonaparte, Napoleon III infamous uncle, had over the British army. At that time, France was a powerful naval nation and was always fighting against Great Britain, another very powerful naval nation, trying to impose the French supremacy in Europe if not in the world. Yeah, I know. We had quite modest ambitions at that time. This is about the legend. The facts might sound less romantic and more down to earth. The 19th century is a century of the Industrial Revolution with machinery, factories and mass production entering and changing the society. The quantity of stripes featured in the French Navy uniform might have been dictated by technology. With machinery, the knitting of stripes was made easier. Before, it was hand-knitted. The striped top was not knitted as a whole, in form of a tube, without seams, and suppressing the needs to have buttons to fasten it. This added another practical aspect to the at-sea visibility one. Having no buttons on the sweat, limited the risk to have the wearer being caught in the ship's ringings of fishing nets. The first navy blue striped shirts were produced by independent tailors for the army before being manufactured in navy workshops by young military conscripts. Before being adopted by fashion icons as Coco Chanel, the striped sweat became a hit among regular fishermen, seafarers and even garlic and onion merchants who operated in Brittany, France. This is how, at some point, the outfit became associated with Brittany and, to some extent, with France. Britain garlic and onion merchants started to wear them as they noticed that the stripes helped to easily identify them in the market's crowds. The striped top they wore was nicknamed Chandai, a contraction of two French words, marchandai, meaning garlic merchants. In French, you will still have some people, depending on the region, using the word chandai to refer to a knitted sweat. And as these merchants weren't limited their business activities to their own region and regularly crossed the channel to deal with the English, in the collective mind, stripes became associated with everything French. However, up to the 20th century, the striped sweater was associated with a certain part of the population. 
first worn by the bottom of the French navy and then by merchants, the mariner took on a popular, even a proletarian connotation. The type of working-class outfit people from wealthier classes wouldn't even want or dare to be seen wearing. This kind of negative connotation is not something new, in fact, when it comes to stripes. In the dark times of the Middle Ages, the stripes served as a visual clue to set apart the marginalized from the respectful citizens. Stripes were associated with the devil, a serious business. And beware should you be spotted wearing stripes if you didn't belong to the caste of prostitutes, lepers, madmen, jugglers, clowns, hangmen, cripples, heretics, Jews, Africans. Remember, it's Middle Ages. Everything which is different is evil. Bastards and the condemned. This was what happened to an unfortunate French cobbler in Rome in 1310. He's been spotted wearing the devil's pattern and was condemned to the death penalty. Stripes were transgressive. This is what Michel Pastoureau, an expert in medieval heraldry and history of the Western symbolism at the École Pratique des Hautes Etudes of Paris, wrote in his book, The Devil's Claws, a history of stripes and striped fabric. They had a diabolic quality, even if featured in nature. Zebras and other striped animals would be associated with Satan and his bestiary. An interesting topic, if you ask me. Mentalities towards stripes started to change during the 18th century. The 18th century saw deep changes in the society with two emblematic events, the American Revolution in 1775 and, of course, the French Revolution in 1789. Heads were cut, blood flooded, and stripes were the pattern to have. They became associated with patriotic feelings. If you look at the French Revolution fashion, it's all about stripes, white, red, blue stripes, and if you look closer, the French flag can be also considered as a succession of three stripes, right? According to Michel Pastoureau in an interview for the New York Times in 2001, even today's stripes don't leave people indifferent. There is still a good stripe and a bad stripe today, he said noting that both bankers and gangsters are depicted in vertical stripes, but to very different effect. When a banker's pinstripes become thick, like the bands you sometimes see on Hal Capone, they're negative, he explained. Stripes became a fashion item at the beginning of the 20th century with Coco Chanel. During the 1910s, she spent a lot of time on the seaside in Brittany and didn't fail to notice the Breton striped top local seamen were wearing. In her mission to make women's fashion comfortable and easy to wear, she took the sailor's top and introduced it to her collections. She created a garçon look, modifying menswear outfit to adapt them to women. She launched an androgynous silhouette with her interpretation of the Breton striped sweat, symbolizing free 
and independent women. The strapped sweater has been then adopted by personalities as Jean Cocteau and Pablo Picasso during the 30s and 40s, the latter choosing this class as his painting uniform. Following the Second World War, the young generation, willing to break with their parents' style, adopted the strapped sweater that they would pair with a pair of jeans, making the combo one of the uniforms of the 50s and 60s on the beach. The stripes were for them synonymous of freedom. The French cinema movement of the 60s, the new wave, La Nouvelle Vague, also adopted the sailor look. The Breton sweater will have leading roles in movies of that time, as in Breathless by Jean-Luc Godard in 1960, with Jean Seberg wearing a marinière, or Alfred Hitchcock's movie To Catch a Thief in 1955, featuring Cary Grant wearing a grey version of the Breton top. The marinière went mainstream and became an iconic fashion item. Celebrities as Audrey Hepburn, Brigitte Bardot were spotted wearing it. Not to forget Marcel Marceau's mime, Bip. Several decades after Chanel, the fashion world took on the striped top. Inspired by Jean Seberg's one in Breathless, Yves Saint Laurent introduced the Marinière in his first collection in 1962. In the 60s, Sonia Riquiel launched her colorful striped knitwear, adding a twist to the classical version of the Breton top. French singer Françoise Hardy will be featured on the cover of Hell in December 1963, wearing a striped sweater by the designer. However, for me, the Breton sweat designer is unquestionably Jean-Paul Gaultier. Since his beginnings in the 80s, he puts the marinière at the heart of his collections, playing with the transgressive symbolism of the stripes and proletarian connotations of the outfit to erase social and gender barriers. The first one was featured in his collection Boy Toy in 1983. The marinière and sailor topic is a regular one in Jean-Paul Gaultier's creative line, including the design of his perfume bottles. In the 2000s, Kenzo Takada tried himself in the French iconic t- stripes, adding a twist of polka dots. The 2010s saw the striped top as the fashion item of the decade, with more and more designers including this piece in their collections, among which Prada, Dolce & Gabbana, and Michael Kors. In 2010, the modeling agency Elite dressed the finalist of its annual competition in striped marineers. And as a testimony of the popularity of the stripes, in 2011, the famous and influential Parisian boutique Colette organized a marinier-themed merchandising showcasing striped outfits and accessorizes from brands as Chanel, Comme des Garçons, Hermès, Longchamp, Yves Saint Laurent, Jean-Paul Gaultier, Salvatore Ferragamo, or Oscar de la Renta. The same year, Karl Garfeld designed a sweater for the French national football team featuring the now famous Breton stripes to embody the values of the French team while abroad. This set wasn't one more though. (music) 
the Breton vibe invaded the fashion world, becoming a universal outfit worn by celebrities and unknown people alike. All brands at some points have a striped top in their collections, not to mention brands putting stripes at their signature style. Adidas, for example, in his logo. However, a genuine Breton sweater is knitted on a circular loom with sheep's wool to make it resistant to wind and cold. And if you are in the look for a real sailor striped top, apart from roaming the military surpluses, you might want to have a look at these brands considered as official providers of Breton sweaters. Armor Lux, manufacturing in Quimper and established in 1938. Orcival, manufacturing in Lyon and established in 1939. And Saint-James, established in the eponymous town in the Saint-Michel Mount Bay in the 19th century. The oldest one and considered as part of the French patrimony. Easy to wear, versatile, perfect for leisure days as for business casual looks, the Mariniere embodies values of freedom, independence and universality, values that were dear to the French philosophers of the Enlightenment century. As per its history, political and revolutionary symbolism and juggling between good and evil connotations, the striped top is more than a mere outfit might do a political or revolutionary statement by wearing it without being conscious of it. Thank you for listening. I hope you liked this history of the striped Breton top and that you learned more about the symbolism behind these now iconic and timeless fashion items. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen your podcast, to follow me on Instagram and Facebook, and to have a look at my blog to complete the podcasts with some visuals. And if you like my podcast, feel free to leave a comment or review. I would really appreciate it. I am Catherine, and this is my Fashion Stories Box podcast, a podcast about stories in fashion history. See you next week for a new Fashion Story Box.